podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. I'm Amanda Toysher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. And we're in our closets. I'm in my... That's how bad new... things have gotten. Yeah. Oh, wait, you're not in your like, closet. I'm not in my you closet. You don't have that anymore. In my closet. I'm in my Last closet. Last time we recorded, I had a closet that was big enough yeah. for me to record inside of. Now I am in my new apartment which um has an office which is nice the office does not have a door. open floor plan nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> um it's funny because it appears that someone just there was a door at some point because there's a door hinge um that's built in but someone mystery. at some point decided who needs a door on a room you maybe know? i like the so... idea of like that it being some half-assed try to get open floor plan like they don't knock out the walls right. they just take the doors <laughs> off of things they they're like it's the open off. <laughs> look at the saw flow. this on hgtv right the feng shui is so much better now <laughs> there's just a room that clearly has a doorway with no door in it that's great um yeah so we're entering like week god no like it could be it could be week 17 or it could be week three i have no today idea today was anymore. literally the the four week anniversary of our first work from home day at my at my job at your office so okay. yeah so now it's been so, four weeks four me. weeks and i think that massachusetts has been it massachusetts went under stay at home uh orders right around the time that we moved so that would be just about two and a half weeks ago mm-hmm. um so you know things we're are just crazy scratching the surface people <laughs> across the street from us keep throwing cookouts like and having gatherings at these tables um across the street and like the cops will come and like yeah not recommended the cops will come and like have like a recording coming from the car that says we are in a public health emergency your gathering puts yours and those around you's lives at risk and like i'll just sit there very robocop laugh yeah and don't go Uh. anywhere on monday they had for five hours we're playing music so loud and the night before sunday night my neighbors downstairs uh had a full-on party so you know what is wrong with i people? don't they're they're i'm pretty sure their grandmother who lives with them is in the hospital for covid because we've had now multiple cases in our building because people keep yeah. it bringing in yeah so anyway i've been mostly in my apartment Right. Um, watching television. Just so, make sure you bring a literal bottle of Clorox with you. I mean, every time I take out the trash, I'm like, this is risky. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I've been wearing... We've been taking out a lot of trash since we moved, so we have, like, you know, boxes and stuff like that. And I... My mom sent us some gloves. <laughs> some, like sterile gloves uh-huh. so i was like i'm just like wearing those every time basically we leave the uh leave the apartment and have to touch anything um yeah i did find out today in better news i found out today that because we moved and got verizon fios we now have disney plus free for a year um which i don't know that there's anything on disney plus that i actually care about other than like there's movies on there, I guess. Yeah, I guess but there's movies, but... I'm mostly excited that because of the um, fact that Disney bought Fox, um, all of The Simpsons um, 
episodes like FX. Oh, that's had, a good had, thing to have on. It's, yeah, FX had like had had its Simpsons World um, website where you could stream if you have FX, you could stream um, all episodes of The Simpsons. And when Disney bought Fox, that went away, and then you are now you can only access The Simpsons streaming via Disney Plus. Something really so, messed up about that. I have to say, I, I have like serious holes in my Simpsons knowledge because um, mm-hmm. I just. We didn't watch it when I was, I mean, it was at its peak when I was a kid and I had two younger sisters, so we definitely didn't watch it as a family. Um, and then I never really watched it in college. So I've only seen, like, you know, some episodes here and there. And so it's a real gap in my knowledge. And I was thinking just the other day about The Simpsons and about how I should just be putting that on to, you know, self-improvement, learn about The Simpsons. But, um... But if I can only get it through Disney Plus, no, uh, Disney there's no Plus way in hell I'm ever going to buy Disney Plus. I'm, I'm not. I'm no. not doing that. So it's not. It's like no, a non-starter. I probably, so. I probably wouldn't do it either. We get it free for a year, and then you have to pay six ninety nine a month for it, which I probably would not do. But I mean, that's a bummer because I would have absolutely made you a list similar to the X-Files list, the X-Files yeah. list that I made you uh, with essential episodes. Um, with The Simpsons, it might be harder because there's way more essential episodes, honestly. Right. Yeah. Um, even though it only, you know, was good for the first, like, you know, nine or ten years, um, there's probably a much higher ratio of, of excellent Simpsons episodes yeah. uh, than there are excellent X-Files episodes. I will but... say the intro is super nostalgic for me because there was a time when I was little that we would be watching it it was before i understood yeah. it and then you know before my other sister got older too so the intro with the clouds and like the the whole yep. um escapade with you know maggie driving the car and then you know all that all of that and, and like bart on his yeah yep. all of it or yeah when like she she puts maggie in, like all of the, i could yeah. you know storyboard that entire intro and hearing the the simpsons it's like super totally. nostalgic for me but i oh same yeah not that many episodes i've actually committed to memory so I, sh- I should figure out a way to do it um through other means it's a bummer i mean you know mega corporations are what led us here um to my closet mega mergers yeah whatever disney it's, it's probably completely fine that disney owns like you know 80 percent of hollywood's output right now oh my that's gosh i know surely not something that any of us need to worry about yeah it's um, either like every time you watch something it'll either have been executive produced by steve mnuchin or it's owned by right. disney it's like oh, one or the God. other you can't have you can't uh, have neither <laughs> all your favorite things are mnuchin oh please god that's did you see today statement. his wife louise linton posted an instagram video where she's basically telling people i'm hearing all these people about all these people getting manicures and having people come stylists come visit them to do their hair in their homes and get manicures stop doing that and it's like yeah because she's right about this but she's um also i love that her like her personal brand is to lecture people about in-home manicures like who's getting that um and then i know but before like, she does this, this about her right right that, like, this is that prevalent like people <laughs> like that, that's a thing people are getting in-home man- anyway um but she starts the video by she it's just a close-up on her, and she takes a sip of a mug, and it's the Shepherd Fairy, like, Obama, um, Hope thing. 
you know? But it's with... Wait, really? Yeah, but it's with Mnuchin, and it just says Mnuchin on it. What? Yeah. I know. I know. That is unhinged. My coworker posted it today, and I was so upset. (laughs) I was so upset. Like, she thinks her husband is so cool. He's the smuggest of them all. And I just, I could not. Anyway, this is not a Steve Mnuchin podcast. I'm sorry. I just, I was so offended <laughs> no, by it. No, you need to tune into our other new podcast, which is all about Steve Mnuchin. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Uh, it would just, it. I could probably just rant about Steve Mnuchin for an hour. So, anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, Horrific. Yeah. Just, she takes, she takes like a long sip and then she like sets it down and knowingly looks at the camera and she's like, I just love my coffee in the morning. I'm like, you're mm. gro- You're horrible. Horrible. Okay. Everyone in this administration is a monster. You're such monsters. Um, um, okay. So we should also mention, we're not going to really talk about it because we haven't seen it. Um, but Shit's Creek ended last night. Um, which is bittersweet. So um, I have purchased the whole season on Amazon and I've actually watched every episode except for, I did not watch the finale yesterday and I intend to this week. Um, And I would advise Sarah not to wait until it gets on Netflix and to procure it. Yeah, I think I will also be taking uh, Amanda's cue on this. Speaking of terrible corporations, you know, I'm telling you to buy it on Amazon, which, (laughs) you know, if you you don't want to buy it on Amazon and want to wait for it to be on, like, the the small mom and pop shop that is Netflix, I understand. That is is Netflix.org, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that old non-profit. Netflix.net. Um... Yeah. Um, No, I think that it could be, it's like, I don't know, I was looking this up and it's like very variable as to when Schitt's Creek seasons tend to land. It's like sometimes it's like two weeks later and then last year it was six months. It was a long time, yeah. Yeah. For the fifth season, so you know what, why risk it? Yeah. This is, these are desperate times that call for... Amazon that really that call for desperate measures and that call for Schitt's Creek because yeah. I can't think of a better thing to be watching actually. Yeah. Um, even though it'll only take like half an afternoon to watch the whole I know, thing, exactly. But... It's, you just have to rewatch it. <laughs> Takes up exactly two hours of the, you know, <laughs> seventy hours that you have to kill in a week or whatever. Um but but the season is All right, so, so I recommend it. I'm I'm excited I'm excited and I've heard such good things about the finale and Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna miss these characters. Um, so what are we watching? What are you watching? So okay, so it's been like a few weeks since we've talked, but um, mm-hmm. I think last time I mentioned that I would watch that Motherland Fort Salem show mm-hmm. about like the witches. I didn't, which I, I really kinda, did love the name. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah I, I, it was on TV, and I like caught five minutes of it. So this wasn't fair because it was in the middle of an episode. I had no idea what was happening, um, <laughs> and I was just like, I don't care. And I'm, pro- I'm not going to watch it, so I was a liar. Um, something I did watch that I didn't mention that um, I am here to evangelize about, it is... Yeah. So, you know, some people, including me, but other people have mentioned to me, like, oh, I just really wish there was a new season of The Great British Bake Off, because that is the kind of energy and the kind of content we crave at this time in our history, right? Like, just to be able to mm-hmm. watch a bunch of people be polite to each other and bake delicious things and have no fielding, you know, and, yeah. you know, that's just what we I want. kill for some of that, some of that good right. GBBO fix right now. Well, 
I don't have that for you, but what I do have is something that's clearly made with the exact same intent that scratches that same kind of itch. Um, I think made by the same, it's got to be made by the same creators otherwise, and I probably should have researched this, otherwise they are really ripping off The Great British Baking Show. It's a British show and it's called The Great Pottery Throwdown. And it's... I love that pun of the throw. So I had never before I started watching... I've learned a lot from the show. I I didn't know that throwing (laughs) was a thing that you throw off the wheel. I didn't know that that's what that was called. Had Um, you never seen Ghost, Amanda? Have I never what? Seen Ghost? I've never never actually seen Ghost. Oh my god, the famous uh, Demi Moore, Patrick Swayze. But I have seen the episode of Community where Tony Hill plays the pottery teacher and forbids anyone from humming that Righteous (laughs) Brothers song, otherwise he'll kick them out. Uh, (laughs) He calls it ghosting. Uh, That's good. He's like, if anyone goes, he has like a sign on the... (laughs) He has a sign in the, the room with just a picture of Patrick Swayze and a line through his face, but it was like shortly after... Patrick Swayze died because remember how sad that was oh. and so like oh, in, in the episode he's like I made that before he died it's fine <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so alright anyway, you've never seen Ghost I, I never saw, yeah, so anyway so the throwdown you're basically starting from zero here. yeah and I've learned a lot about about yeah. um, handles and spouts and, and like different types of clay and different techniques um, and it is so soothing to watch and it's the same thing they they've like there's 10 contestants um and they uh have three different challenges in a week um but one is like their their master the the big challenge they make a thing at the beginning and then it takes like a week to dry and fire and all this stuff so it's you know the it's not just one weekend the way um the baking show is but there's a male judge and a female judge and at first I was thinking that the male judge, his name is um, Keith Brimer-Jones, would just be trying to be like Paul Hollywood, you know, this kind of self-important jerk. Mm-hmm. He is not. He is delightful. He, so in, you know how in Great British Bake Off, Paul Hollywood always gives a handshake to people who's, right. and it's really it's annoying because like, they all get really, really well. excited yeah. and he's always very pleased with himself for having bestowed the honor of touching his, you know, hammy hand. Um, in this one, the, the equivalent of that is basically this male judge crying and it's, always, it's so adorable. Cause he'll like, just, he's like, you know, when we talked earlier, you were so stressed out. I'm just, it's just, I'm sorry. It's really beautiful. It's so <laughs> sweet. It is so wonderful. He cry every single episode. He cries over a different pot. Aww. Every episode, there's at least one pot or one like potter that he just gets emotional over. It's so sweet. So- so I'm curious, do they explain like what are his pottery? He's a master. He's like a master thrower. He makes, okay. so he, and he's like really good. He always, one of the challenges they do every episode is, um, oh, I forget what it's called, like a throwdown basically. And they have to make a certain amount of pots off the wheel really quickly or something. And he demonstrates beforehand, like what he wants them to do, um, and they're all, all the contestants are just like, whoa, he's so good. Oh my goodness, look at it. And he's actually really good. It's actually really fun to watch him do it. So, um, and then the other judge, um, I forget her name. She changes in the third season. But she's a ceramic artist who has a bunch of stuff in like, different museums and stuff. So she does, she does building by hand, not as much off the wheel. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it is 
so good. This it takes place delightful. in. Oh my god! She, I swear to God, you'll love it. It's so good. It's so perfect. Um, it it's all filmed in um, Stoke on Trent, which is apparently the center of British pottery. And they they the soundtrack for the show they just use a bunch of like '60s mod rock and roll songs um, throughout it. So it has this very you know 1960s vibe, but it's you know takes place in Middle England. But um, anyway, yeah, and they have like giant kilns, and there's a kiln man, and his name is Rich, and he's the guy that you know takes all their stuff and puts it in the kiln for him. And I'm in love with Rich the kiln man. Um, I love him very much. <laughs> You've got five kilos of clay and you've got 20 minutes. So which potter can throw the most egg cups? Three, two, one, go! <gasps> Just one little mistake and the whole thing goes. Ow! Don't cut through the bottom. A hole doesn't count. A hole's in the bottom. Focus, focus. Lost another one with holes in the bottom. I've got a special tool here. It's called a throwing spear. Take a groove out the base. Keep the wheel going, clean the wire, spin it round. Raker, she's chosen a different style. And I kind of like it. Raker's first one, well done. Well done, Raker. Tom's on three. Matty's got three over here. Um, he's so sweet Wait, and knowledgeable. So you haven't explained where you watch this. Well, so that's a problem. Um, I'm fired up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> They had it on YouTube. Um, every single episode was just for free on YouTube. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. My boss had actually recommended it to me. And then um, and I watched the first season, and then there are only like six episodes in the first season. And then I watched the first five episodes of the second season. And then one morning, Sunday morning, this past Sunday, I wake up, I made myself some coffee. I sat down, I'm like, I'm going to watch an episode of The Pottery Show. And it had been taken off of YouTube. And now I can't find out where to watch um, the rest of it. Huh. So I'm hoping it gets added. I haven't checked to see if you can purchase it anywhere, like on iTunes. Because I've, I've purchased Great British Baking Show um, episodes on iTunes before, though they have a limited right. amount. But I haven't checked to see if you can purchase it anywhere. Um, a cursory search of the internet um where i searched watch great pot like pottery throwdown for free online did not return <laughs> anything for me um so i would just and it's not on acorn which you have i do have i do have acorn well i only i canceled acorn and then they immediately made a miss fisher's murder mystery tv movie that I had to get Acorn again to watch, and I'll probably cancel Acorn again. But Acorn's just for mysteries. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't didn't think realize it's, that. I don't oh, think I they. I think like it's like all... procedurals and stuff. I don't think they. I mean, I could check, but I really don't think so. Um. Uh. Anyway, so just this is mostly like a PSA at this point. Um, to be on the lookout for this show. Because it really is delightful, yeah. and I'm so sad that I like didn't huh. push myself to finish all three seasons before they took it down from YouTube. I wonder if um, it was pulled. You were talking about the music. I wonder if it was something to do. You with know, that. 
that could easily be, but they took down every episode. I don't, I don't know. I was so surprised they were on YouTube. You know, I was so surprised by that, considering how tightly they hold on to the Great British. There's, there's a bunch of, like, there's four seasons, I think, of Great British Bake Off that we've not, never gotten in America, and you can't even, you know? So. Oh, right, that, like, haven't I'm pretty sure, so I don't think, you know, they're pretty, you know, tight-fisted about that, so. Who knows? I very much want to see this, and. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Okay, this is really good to know. How did you find out about it? My boss told me. Oh, your boss told me? Yeah, he was like, it's kind of like the Great British Bake Off, and yeah. Yeah, if I search Great Pottery Throwdown on Amazon, um, doesn't give you anything. Man. Hmm. Wow. Anyway, Hmm. we should all just be on the lookout. Um, Let us know if you find a way to watch it. Wow. I, are, and are there people who are like, is it like, is everyone like pretty good or is it like there are people who are like usually, you know, like totally bonkers and like. Um, there's some that are like definitely less talented than others. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's some that are, you know, I mean, I think the competition, competition wise, it's not quite, doesn't hook you quite as much as the, um, the baking one because mm-hmm. it's not always as evenly matched and you know but it's kind of like if they did that craft sh- show that amy poehler and nick offerman did but did it better like the, it, they actually give reasons for how they judge a certain way it's not it, it's not so wholly arbitrary and subjective as that craft show was which i only watched like a couple episodes of because it's boring um right anyway okay so I think I should probably stop talking about it, considering I am not giving people a way to watch it. Um, <laughs> I'm just so excited about it. Um, what I am, I did just search for it though, and it I did find it on. It does look like at least the current season is on the Channel Four website. Can you watch every episode though? Well, it has a little play button next to every episode, but I don't know if you need to like. Like I don't know if you need a VPN I... or if you need. Right. Um, a different sort of login. Channel 4 okay, is kind of weird. two days left. Hmm. Oh, man. Okay, so it says two days left. It might, you might be able to watch the current season for... How can I, I watch the current can. season when I haven't finished the one before? I what know. if they mention the winner? <laughs> That's the risk you're taking. Oh, my goodness. Every time I go online, I'm like, please don't find out who the winner of the Great Pottery Throwdown Season 2 was. Right. <laughs> They're like, be careful you know, where you tread, Amanda. On the edge of their seats. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, it's delightful. You'd love it. What have you been watching? Um, I have been watching. Um, honestly, not a ton of stuff, despite the fact that everyone is trapped in their homes. Um, because I was moving and unpacking, and it's just like not terribly conducive to you know sitting and like like absorbing a show but i um did catch up on the current season of better things which has been airing for a couple of weeks um what season is it on this is season four of better things um which is if long-time listeners will know i'm a real stan for this show yeah Um, and pamela adlin generally but this is uh pamela adlin's 
show on FX. Um, I think as usual, um, she directed every episode of the season. Um, and you know, there's not like a lot of ways to talk about better things because it doesn't have a really, it's not really a, it's not a plot driven show. I mean, every episode has a plot, but, um, you know, it's just not that, uh, there's not really an overarching plot. Um, but it's just, it's so lovely. Anytime it's on, I think it's easily one of the best things on television, but it also never really gets the awards. Um, I mean, that's kind of amazing it's on fourth season, considering you don't hear it talked about. Though I did feel like it had been on longer. You don't. Yeah, I mean, you really don't hear it talked about that much. Um, I think it probably, it's been on since 2016, so that makes sense. Yeah, about a, a season a year. Yeah. Um... And I think that there was kind of an extended period between two of the seasons where all of the, the fallout between Pamela Adlin and Louis C.K. Um, oh, right. Because he had been an integral part of the first couple of seasons. Um, but, you know, I love that one thing about this show is that it proved that um, it's be- even better without his influence. And Pamela Adlin just, like, totally took over. Um, Did you hear he dropped a new stand-up? Yes, I did hear that. He waits. He like Um, under cover of national, the international pandemic, national health emergency. Louis C.K.'s like, maybe now's the time. We've been so mistreated. No, Louis C.K. is totally proof that like when we talk about canceling people, it's like not a real thing because there's like basically no one that won't like figure out a way to rehabilitate themselves in our eyes. So. Yeah. And there's like people who will be here for it. Um but as far as I know, Pamela Adlin, like, yeah, has never like welcomed him back into the the fold. I hope that extends to her personal life as well, but who knows? Um yeah, I mean the show is always about Pamela Adlin, her character Sam, um, you know, kind of she's a she's an actress uh in LA you know but the show is um about her relationships with her with her mom um who is kind of a whack job and uh and and her three daughters all of which is based on Pamela Adlin's real life and her actual kind of funny british whack job mom and i didn't know her mom was really british that's funny she is really british um yeah and uh and it's just like you know it's a show i think it really doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of recognition or like you know buzz because it's so understated um yeah and it's also mostly women yeah it's mostly women totally it's like really there's like sporadic there's very sporadic male characters um of course uh Diedrich Bader um is plays one of her best friends who pops up occasionally who uh of course I love um but uh you know I mean it's like a show about like really small moments and just kind of the rich detail both of the set design on this show is like just is something that I don't really ever feel compelled to like call out on a TV show, but 
the setting of the house that um Sam and her kids live in is is like a really it is usually a cool like it's a really cool house. Usually like 70% of any given episode takes place in the house. Yeah. Um and uh the sh- and there's like this the scene that opens this season is just this long like probably nearly 2 minute like lingering of the camera kind of going in and out of the different rooms of the house and they're empty because we learn that um her two younger kids have spent I don't know like they've been with their their dad um for at least like a couple of weeks maybe um visiting him and you know so the house is kind of empty and but I mean just there's so much rich detail. I read this great article an interview with Pamela Adlin I think around the time of the last season which was talking about there's a lot of incredible art hanging in the house and it's all Pamela Adlin's. She's like an oh. avid um collector especially of women artists um and uh all of the art that is in the house is her actual art. Uh, I think it's actually I think it's all reproductions of her actual art because she that used to be the actual art and then something happened <laughs> on set mm-hmm. to one of the, <coughs> excuse me one of the paintings um and from then on they they kind of now have someone who recreates the paintings but it's like that's just incredible the kitchen how they're always I mean there's always scenes in every episode cooking is a big part of just like what's going on in every episode and it's actually like it's a show where they're you think like, oh, these people are actually making food. It's not just like, you know, just some random thing happening in the mm-hmm. background. It's like important to the characters that they're nourishing each other. And I don't know. I just love everything about this show. I also think it's this season um, is kind of funny. There's we are kind of get clues that um, Pamela Adlin's character, Sam, uh, is not working as much. We, you know, she's about, she's 50. Um, you know, she kind of, it's not made like super explicit like it might be in some other shows where it's like, I'm old and no one's hiring me. It's just kind of yeah. like clearly part of the texture of her life that she's not getting as much work um, at this point. And uh, in fact, she learns that there's a reboot of the animated show that kind of made her famous in the first place, um, which in the, in better things is called Ching of the Mill, uh, which of course in real life, Pamela Adlin played Bobby on King of the Hill. Um, and I'm sure the syndication of King of the Hill is like what paid for like her actual house and stuff like that. So, uh, and my, it's a Mike judge show, Mike judge from Beavis and Butthead. And, um, and so in, in, uh, Better Things, it's also, Ching of the Mill is also a Mike Judge <laughs> show, and Mike Judge has a little cameo. Um, and then, and, and Sam goes to, you know, kind of assume that she's going to be a part of the reboot, playing her old character, and instead they, like, make her audition um, for her old part, and she's just kind of taken aback and sort of uh, is a great little is a you know kind of dealing with mm-hmm. just her um yeah the fact that she's like not just not as as marketable as she used to be uh for no real reason certainly not like a lack of talent but i don't know all of this and the show is just genuinely funny like mm-hmm. i laugh out loud several times an episode um 
you know, it's just, it's such a good show. And, you know, you never, I think, have to start with, you never have to go all the way back to the beginning to get into better things because, again, there's, like, not That's even good really to know because I've only you... seen a couple episodes. No, totally. I mean, I would recommend, just because I love the show, I think it's great to go back and, and start with the beginning. But there's really not that much, other than Sam is an actress, she has three daughters. There's nothing that really carries from season to season. It's not like the seasons pick up where the last ones left off. Like, yeah, it's they're very contained. Um, so you don't need to uh, have have watched the previous season in order to enjoy a current one. Because, um, yeah, there's really not a lot of of continuing storyline at all. Um but, you know, but, you know, but why wouldn't you? Because it's a lovely show. If you have access to the earlier yeah. seasons, I'd always recommend doing it. So that's, I caught up on that. That was a wonderful use of my time. Um, I also watched The Soprano. If we will recall from our last episode where we were talking about things that we were going to try and get into. <laughs> Just try, try in... really hard. Yeah, to get into in the quarantine, one of the things that I mentioned was my massive uh, blind spot of not having seen The Sopranos. Um, and I did finally sit down and watch the pilot. Um, yes, the pilot is very good. Is it better than the Wire pilot? I don't think so. Honestly. Huh, interesting. But it is very good. Um, R.I.P. James Gandolfini. But... Yeah um it's it it is good um and i i do intend to get back into it i watched the premiere and was like that was really good and then like found you know nine things that i needed to like put away um because (laughs) i just keep when you are when you move you just like get endlessly distracted by tasks every 30 seconds um so i do intend to go back into that and maybe i'll talk a little bit more about my soprano's journey in the future um but anything else you've been watching um no well i watched like the first two episodes of babylon berlin which we talked about yeah Um, which i still do want to do and it's still good and it's still about you know germany in 1929 and there's some things that it's just there, there are certain times where I am able to watch it. I've only seen a couple of the episodes. Um, and there are certain times where I'm just like, I can't handle this. Um, I cannot handle a show about um, a unstable republic, um, an unstable democracy, and for, the forces of hate worming their way to take power there. And there's just this... You know, something I felt when we watched the first two seasons, and I think I remember talking about, was how much there's a sense of of doom coming that the characters aren't aware of, um, because people at the time didn't realize how fragile their their government, their republic was. Um, So there's this sense of just, like, kind of foreboding, right? You you see visions of, like, the nascent um, Nazi movement, you know, when they're all standing around pledging their loyalty over, you know to the the country they fought for in the the great war and you know you see all of this and you you kind of want to just shake them and say get out of germany like go away you know especially with the jewish family um and so there's some things that are really hard to watch and i think what's happening 
to our country now politically and then also just in terms of the pandemic um, make certain things hit home in a very certain way um, that you 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 worry wasn't intentional you know what I mean like I if it yeah. were super intentional I'd feel better better but I don't think so I think the show is just a really accurate portrayal I mean I'm not an expert on Weimar Germany so I'm open to historians saying well a lot of this is wrong but it it feels very true and um as someone who pays very in youtube we pay very close attention to american politics there are things about it that are um hard to watch in the words of uh tracy jordan (laughs) this is how i uh have been feeling about i mean i was very intrigued i think i talked about maybe on our last episode by the first episode of the plot against america yeah Uh, maybe i had just talked about how i intended to watch it i I think um, you did yeah which i've now wait you had watched like one episode i think yeah yeah and i mean i still think it's very good but it is obviously i mean in the second episode it's it's not a spoiler because it's part of the crux of the show but in the second episode um is where um uh lindbergh beats fdr yeah um and you know and how just caught off guard you know so many people yeah you know were uh, i mean of course <laughs> are in this universe um but uh it's 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 a hard watch yeah it's like it's yeah. you know not something it's like i can watch an episode and then like a week and a half later, I can watch it. Right, episode. yeah, I watched, like, an epi- the first episode of Babylon Berlin, and I was like, okay, I think I'm going to watch an episode of Schitt's Creek. Um, yeah, and just now, just, uh, you know, I, as the election gets closer, it just feels, it's all, and then, and then as we go through an actual, you know, national crisis, Right, and, uh, yeah, and then meanwhile, the and then, there's all the this, at the helm. yeah, and there's all this stuff happening behind the scenes that's not getting quite as much coverage um in, from well you know there reporters are covering it it's not getting as much um play in the general play, public yeah, which is yeah. um you know like him basically firing all the inspectors general and repl- yes. like i mean just like crazy stuff that you you watch and you read about and you kind of see it in the background of a tv show like babylon berlin happening and you'd be like oh people that's scary. That's the first sign of the collapsing democracy. Right. But like we in the show are kind of like, well, I'm just worried about how I'm going to get my groceries today. And right. um, yeah, so it's, it's a bit frightening. Um, it's a bit frightening. Cause I just also don't have a lot of faith in a lot of Americans and even Western Europeans um, ability to have learned from history, just I don't think they know enough. They're not watching Babylon Berlin and thinking, well, they're not watching it, and they're not thinking like, oh, what could what does this tell us about my current democracy? Should I not have voted for Trump? So, anyway, right. I, uh, it's good though. So I think I'm gonna keep watching it as much as I have the appetite for, and um, but it it might take me a long time to watch it. Yeah, because I do feel yeah. like it's gratifying in a intellectual way. Um, same, same with Plot Against America, I think, which, which also has, you know, excellent, uh, even though it's like, you know, it's not portraying a real world, it, it still feels like, I don't know, it, it still feels 
right like nourishing the part of my brain that feels like it needs more yeah like to chew on yeah 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 it's <laughs> um, definitely thoughtful so um and also just have you, know, you the style um, of it is kind of interesting have you been watching any shows that have been kind of ongoing I, i've been watching i've continued to watch I, I think kind of speaking of you know stories that go often underreported i think this is something that that john oliver's last week tonight does really well often picking up on stories yeah they get he gets really in the weeds of, yeah because he actually he does he's actually one of the few people he it's just he does it entertainingly and he's funny that actually does policy right. journalism on tv um totally they're sometimes like different pbs shows will do it but um most news shows don't do policy and he does um and he's good at it he's great at it and uh and all last week episodes uh last week tonight episodes most of them have been actually recently on youtube as well if you don't have um hbo but uh and john oliver continues to record um yeah from home which i think is really impressive like it's kind of been interesting to see how not that i like i don't think that there are any other shows that i watch that are like you know that that required this kind of adaptation like i don't watch any of the other late night shows or anything like that yeah. um, which i guess a lot of those folks um including uh the daily show and stuff like that are, are recording from home too but it's funny with john oliver's show it is weird in that there's no audience um and he is just in this kind of oh interesting void. yeah yeah he's kind of recording from his 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 home uh and he you know has made fun of the like kind of just room with a white wall that he's been um recording from but uh i find it equally effective honestly um and and he's just been doing some good stories obviously a lot of coverage of uh the Trump administration and all the fucked up shit that they're doing with regards to um, their handling of of the of the coronavirus, but also this week's episode was the main um, story was um, his his favor Trump's favor towards uh, One American News. Um, oh gosh, yeah, just an outlet that exists more so than Fox News exists purely to serve him basically yeah um and he just will in press conferences ask him questions that just start out with lengthy praise of him yep. um, yeah he likes like that, that one journalist um what's her name yeah, there's yes it's like um, a bunch of ladies but yeah there's like a blonde lady yeah um, yeah Anyway, if you haven't been, if you've, you know, I feel like it's kind of easy to forget about, but uh, John Oliver's show remains really, um, really imperative, I think. Uh, and they're still producing it every week, which I find just like insanely impressive yeah. um, to do that from, they must all be scattered about. And I'm guessing that his camera folks kind of like set him up with a, um, with a, deal that he could kind of work himself um before you know they had to go on like complete lockdown yeah. but it's really impressive um so last week tonight um so i think the other thing that we were going to talk about that we both had been watching was um hulu's little fires everywhere yeah um, adaptation 
I'm actually unfortunately an episode behind, but um, I'm yeah, okay. not too yeah. worried about one. I'm not too worried about spoilers with the show, just in general. Um, yeah. And in fact, like I think spoilers would actually help me be more invested in it, um, just to have a sense of you know what's happening. Like I think it's smart that this show happened to start with a fire and then go back to before that just as a way to be like don't worry stuff happens stuff will happen in the show um but yeah so i'm an episode behind but there's been like six episodes it's based on the book by celeste ing um right that's her name that's mm-hmm. it? okay yep. um and she had written um uh everything i never told you which you and i both read yeah um but we did not lot. read this book um yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm actually, it's kind of reminding me of some things I didn't really like in everything I never told you. Like there's this, not like I didn't like it, but there's this sort of sense of like, am I missing something, um, in terms of drama? Am I missing Mm -hmm. why something is way more important? Um, and I get that everyone's little everyone's personal dramas and family and all that stuff is complicated and it feels momentous. But I, when I was reading that book and then also when I'm watching this show, part of me is like, is this necessary? Like all of this is just people being kind of mean and not understanding toward each other. Like all, it it just seems almost like, well, yeah, this is life. Um, Yeah. There's this, I think you said melodrama to it that um, makes me feel as if I'm missing what is particularly significant about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have... I, I find the show interesting enough that I'm, I'm going to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, as of this week, Hulu's aired six episodes, and I think there's eight total. Um, so it's almost over. But I feel like my problems with the show... It's kind of interesting. I mean, I've heard that it is... I've read some unfavorable comparisons of it to the book, uh-huh. um, which apparently has more nuance to it. Um, Celeste Ng was a producer, I think, on this show, but also apparently very hands-off um, because she considered it really like a separate creative endeavor, you know, okay. totally. Okay. And she was like, it's its own thing. So apparently she was not terribly involved with, like, the... Um, definitely not with the writing and, and not even really with the, not so much with the, um, kind of story development. Um, but maybe she should have been. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, yeah, my problems with it are kind of like both, like you said, I think it's got a lot of melodrama. I think that like it doesn't, nothing is subtle on this show. <laughs> yeah. It kind of, um, really hammers it, it's in over the head yeah, yeah. the the, <laughs> the message like it's clearly about you know even by the second episode i think you're like okay so this is about like white women's colonization of like other children basically and mm-hmm. the sense of them thinking they know best and all you know like it and that's the story itself the actual plot the the the, the story does a good job of showing that and I don't think Mm. some of the things they use to tell that um, are totally necessary like the dream sequences where she thinks you know like dreams are usually 
pretty heavy-handed, and those dreams that um, Mia has are like, okay, yeah, we get it. Yeah, and I mean, there's, I think that what it does well with it, right, I mean, there's, like, some themes here, obviously, right, like, white saviorism. Yeah. um, White privilege. There's a lot of scenes where they make it very clear that, like, white people are getting rid, uh, um, are not penalized for you know, similar actions, uh, that people of color are taking, like, you know, um, in one scene, uh, this, uh, poor Asian woman is trying to get baby formula for her baby and she's like a dollar short, um, and the store owner won't sell it to her and kicks it out, her out, and then, like, in another scene, the young, white daughter of, of one of the characters is a dollar short on bus fare. Yeah. And she, like, the guy's like, get on in. And, and same thing with, like, yeah. two different scenes where the black woman and white woman are both sleeping in their cars. And, like, you know, the white woman, it's like, the police just like, well, if I just wanted to make sure you were okay, you should move on along. You know, after, like, you know, practically arresting right. on another scene. So, I mean, I think that, you know, there's a lot, there's stuff like that. There's, I think that also it does a good job. What I think that stuff can be a little heavy-handed where i think it excels more way more is in its depiction of like microaggressions um and like tossed off comments and things like that and just actions like um again elena reese witherspoon's daughter um her uh, elena her her character um her daughter at one point is trying to write a personal essay to get into yale and like literally takes the story like the life story of her supposed friend who's black yeah um, though i would say that that's not even a microaggression yeah no you're right that's like definitely but i mean but there are other ones like even when they're trying on clothes and lexi is like are you mixed i bet you're like you must be mixed i said to my because her boyfriend is black and she said i said to my boyfriend that he had to be mixed because of his mom's hair and he was mad at me but then we found out that his grandma was half italian so he had to apologize to me and i'm just sitting there like oh my god this is difficult um and elena also says in one scene you know like the boyfriend comes over and, and and uh and carrie washington's character's daughter is there um pearl you know who's also black and you know, she's like, you guys must have a lot in common, you know, like you, you don't really know each other, like, you know, from school. Like, yeah. And it's like, though, right, so I, so something I'd been thinking about was just, I don't know how effective a lot of those are going to be because in, in terms of ex- getting you on your side, because I find myself even recognizing the, um, the, like the racial dynamics in it, like feeling bad for Reese Witherspoon's character, Elena, at least in the first couple episodes. She kind of goes off the rails in, like, the last two episodes I've seen. But, um, because Carrie Washington's character, Mia, I don't know if it's the way Carrie Washington is playing her, but I've, you just, I don't, I don't think you get enough time with her to understand, and maybe we will in the second half, and that's Mm -hmm. why I want to keep watching it, but I feel like we're very much shown Elena's side Mm -hmm. to the detriment of Mia's so that when Elena says these stupid things you you believe like well she didn't mean it that way or whatever Mm -hmm. and then and like also Carrie Washington has this particular expression that is very disdainful 
which yes is it's a very abrasive character it's very abrasive yeah she's yeah. not very nice yeah and that's fine because she's yeah. being often it's because she's had something said to her that you know but it's she gives this look so this is my issue she gives this look to like Elena or whoever that is just so utterly um you know disdainful and obvious right and the other mm-hmm. character doesn't pick up on it at all so the only, so then you as the viewer are like well she's just mean right 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 when what it should have been like well in real life that person would have been recog- like Elena would have been like what why are you giving me that look and then you would have been on Carrie Washington's side again you know right. what I mean? But in this, all the, the final thing is just Carrie Washington being rude back to Elena. And you're just like, do you know what I'm saying? I don't know yeah, if it's an I acting do. thing I, or if they're just, they didn't write I it well. or Because I, I think that it's both. I think that part of it, I, part of me thinks that some of that is intentional. Yeah. Where it's like Reese Witherspoon's character, Elena, is supposed to be, um she's supposed to come across as just kind of the perfect, like very genial, very, like she's, helpful like in the first episode it's like she's yeah. showing the apartment to carrie washington's character mia you know to like she gives her the apartment even though you know she like even though she doesn't have the the background or you know we're we're set up with like this woman we're set up to be like yeah that's true intentions that's kind of, are good that's what i was thinking you know? like they want us to think yeah. that way and i feel they like we're being kind of set up to that. know more about mia and be more right. empathetic toward her Right. You know, yeah, and it takes longer. We do, and we do get into, and, and then Mia is obviously, you know, we also kind of, like, learn, I think, as we learn more about Mia, even though I do think, I agree, it's, like, doled out in smaller increments. Um, I think Mia is most um, sympathetic with when she's with Pearl, because Pearl yeah, is so daughter, ungrateful yeah. to her, and you can, and, you know, a big theme of this is just, like, her daughter basically being like, well, why, why can't I accept things from this other family they you know they are doing things right and it's you as a viewer are questioning like what why why is what you know mia doing for her daughter not as good you know so although i also get where i really i get pearl i get where pearl's coming from too pearl's Um, no she's a good but 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 like you know when she goes to i'd be tired of moving around also (laughs) i would be no i think and i think that's super valid but when she you know sneaks out to go to the richardson's house and stay there um or when she says very you know ungrateful things to her mom not relation to her moving around but just to being like you know why can't i have this um right which is a risk if you have a kid and you're raising them with a bunch of rich kids um right so absolutely and i think that's to me it's an interesting it's a really interesting part of you know, I mean, I think that part of Mia's character is that she, um, you know, she doesn't have sympathy for people who don't deserve it. Yeah. Um, and she has very, very high expectations, I think. Like, it's funny because Reese Witherspoon's character also has, like, very high expectations. Yeah. But they're also, they're all basically pertaining around, like, getting her children into Harvard. Yeah. You know? And, like, so there's a really interesting scene, um at one point where one character um, has an abortion and um, Mia is kind of looking for solace um, with, with Carrie Washington's character, Mia. And Mia doesn't, like, have the time for that shit. Like, she doesn't... I think it's it's a really good scene. Yeah. Um, 
where it's like you would probably expect in 98% of uh, situations like this on television where it's like, oh no, like it would just be automatic comfort even though maybe this character wasn't deserving of it. Right. Um, And and they they didn't go there. They're like, no, uh, you know, this is, this is who this character is and she has her principles and she sticks with them like really no matter what. You know what else you have in common with your friend? You're both terrible mothers. I mean, honestly, it's a miracle that Pearl is as lovely and wonderful as she is. It's not a miracle. She is mine and I am a good mother. Oh, really? Because in my book, a good mother puts her daughter's needs before her own. A good mother makes good choices. And she doesn't drag a child from town to town, school to school. She doesn't smoke marijuana. Just leave her daughter to fend for herself. And she really doesn't leave a baby alone in the cold in front of a fire station. You didn't make good choices. You had good choices. Options that being rich and white and entitled gave you. Again, that's the difference between you and me. I would never make this about race. Elena, you made this about race when you stood out there in the street and begged me to be your maid. This is not working. I think this is going to be your last day. You think? I also do think the the last two episodes have been, and I know you haven't seen the most recent one, which is uh, Aaron, just Aaron it, in the week that we're talking about this. Um, but they start to go into the backstories of, of our two main characters, Elena and, and Mia, um, which I found really, I found to be like, two of the best episodes I think mm-hmm. of the show so far even though I agree I haven't been all that it's like even though there's all of these elements that I think are good about it I'm not sure that how much it's added up to um yeah so far and I also think that there's a lot of plot lines <laughs> um there's just a lot of different plot lines. And, and well, can we talk? So can we talk about one? Episodes. Because I don't know if there's something wrong with me. Um, <laughs> and if I am like cold hearted or what is or something worse. Um, but the the baby thing. I Right. So the main one of the main plot points of the show is this um, woman named Mei Ling, uh, who's a Chinese immigrant. No, Bebe. Who... Her daughter is Mei Ling. Uh, oh, right. Is Mei Ling. You're right. Bebe is, is, the, uh, is the woman. Um, she works with works Mia at a Chinese Mia. restaurant. Yeah. Mia finds out that she gave up, she left her baby. That she had the scene that you alluded to earlier about not being able to, you know, afford. She's desperate and she leaves her baby outside a fire station in Cleveland. And, um, cut to the present day in the in the show at least and um elena's best friend is um has adopted a baby and it's this baby and for some so this is what i and this becomes a thing it's about there's becomes a custody battle between the birth mother baby and the adopted mother of this one-year-old did i get that right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah here's my problem i don't care yeah. And I, so, yeah. like, I, because part of me is just like, okay, part of me is like, well, you, you did leave your baby outside of a firehouse, like, you, you, did you expect to just, like, go pick her up later? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree. I found it hard. And then, yeah. I with baby, and I felt really 
bad about it and I wasn't sure if this is how I'm supposed to be I that's a, okay thank you because I couldn't tell and I didn't know characters. and I'm like is it because I identify more with the white woman that lives in mm-hmm. Shaker that wanted to have a baby and adopted a baby and now is going to have her baby taken from her possibly um and they make that character very sympathetic they do well I like that yeah. actress what's her name from Mad Men too um, yeah she's no, Midge in Mad Men yeah mother. yeah yeah um yeah, so I was, like, kind of just confused, but that was the other part of it, too, was, like, why is Mia so invested in yes. fucking with this? There's something else there. So you will see, I will say, in the most recent episode, we get into that. Okay, I had into, a feeling there's something else, but it, yes, but that's what that's Mia what confused you about episode. her character, is that you're like, well, what's her motivation in just, like, messing with people? How can she see it? You know, I see the situation as like, well, it's complicated. I, I might not necessarily think one way or the other, right? I don't, I, and I can see how Elena's character is like, no, she belongs with her birth mother, this other, or her, her adopted mother, the birth mother gave her up, right? I can see that, like, Elena, her experience and her, you know, background would make her feel this way for her best friend, right? I just don't, I can't imagine, like, Mia just being like, I'm going to get you your baby back. Well, I think that that also good. And again, I will say that, that they go into some of the okay. context around Maybe Mia's I should stop being so disbelieving. That, well, then. that said, though, that said, though, I, that's kind of, I think, what I'm talking about also with the melodrama. It's like, you know, there just wasn't a lot of nuance with that. Yeah. It's like she, we, there's literally a scene where Mia's character, like, you know, attends this birthday party for the baby and like goes up and lifts her out of the crib and hugs her. And it's very weird. And it's just like, this isn't, is that really something someone would do? Right. That, yeah. That's what I mean. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, is there a yeah. part of me missing that I find no, any it, of this normal? And I think that, and, and that helped me be sort of less sympathetic for, um, for baby. I think yeah. it's just, yeah, so it's a little bit odd. Also, I feel like with the pacing of, of again, so many plot lines, this, which I think is really in the book, it's like the main plot line of this, of the book. It's like, it's kind of shunted to the background for most, I mean, it, it comes up intermittently, but it's also kind of in the background of a bunch of other plots. Yeah. And, um... It's honestly like maybe the one that I care about the least. So I don't know. It's it's an oddly paced show. I think it's again for so many having so many different things going on. It might just um, be that the book doesn't translate well to television. Yeah, and it's you know it comes across I think also a little bit soapy. Um, yeah, I also have to say it's here. fun though. So I think okay. So something people that are not from. Uh, mid-sized American cities might not realize, or people that are not from um, not the east or west coast, is that whenever your people in different cities are very aware of when their city is portrayed or talked about on the national scale. It is a very big deal. Like a lot, like Clevelanders can tell you every movie that was filmed in Cleveland and movies that were, that take place in Cleveland, right? It's a big deal. Or like if the New York Times writes about like, oh, why you should go to Cleveland for your 36 hours. Everyone in Cleveland will know about it. Right. And I was (laughs) on a video call with my whole family this past weekend. And we were just talking about like what TV we'd been watching or whatever. And my mom, who's not like a 
my mom is like the eight, you know, she's not like watching these kind of shows typically. It's just like, well, I want to watch that one show that's set in Shaker, um, Little Fires Everywhere. And Kelsey, my sister, was like, yeah, I was going to watch that too. And then maybe, but maybe read the book too. And I was kind of like, you guys have even heard of it? Because I only heard of it recently. And it re then I realized that it's definitely because everyone in Cleveland is probably talking about this new, new show on Hulu that <laughs> yeah. takes place in Shaker. So I just have to say something right. that like, and even watching it, I'm kind of like, there is no East Shaker High. They're, they're, the, they're not the, the Cardinals, they're the Red Raiders. And like, um, or they'll, they'll mention things like, you know, the Shaker Times. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there isn't like the Shaker Times. Maybe they right. do, maybe they're, I'm open to being <laughs> and corrected. I love it. it's like lose, a you know, semi-thriving, uh, newspaper that appears to like somewhat compete with the plain dealer like right and she's like, <laughs> like work and all, and then at, at one point what's her name her best it friend is 1996 Mitch. though so yeah know, like i mean <laughs> all like my hometown had like two like two like local newspapers there's a lot um around there and i, I i'm sh i'm certain shaker has a paper but that she would have been like a career journalist at a place yeah. like that doesn't sound right um anyway yeah like, she should have worked her way to the plane dealer by now, if she's that yeah, capable. Totally, if she's that capable. Although, they also go into that a little bit, because she, in in the most recent episode, in that she kind of got sidelined by, um, mm. you know, yeah. having four kids. There is also uh, a funny episode where they talk about, um, like, a lot of it, I think, is, like, very much, like, because Celeste Ng, like, her other book took place in Ohio, like, she, she you know, she lived there, she, this is a very real, it's situated intentionally and purposefully and correctly in shaker yeah um they but there's like little moments that i think are funny like there's one point where midge is sitting on the bench when she's has to do the 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 required hour visitation hour for baby with with the baby um yeah and she goes well what if i just contact the 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 plane dealer and tell them and i just like was like that was weird because no one says the plane dealer it's the plane dealer <laughs> the plane dealer yeah it's the plane <laughs> yeah. dealer and i like rewound yeah. it i was like that was weird and like sure enough right, she does say it's... the plane dealer and i'm like no no one thinks about what they're actually saying right, when it's they... not the dealer is plane yeah right? it's like you're, it's like <laughs> that they're... it's one of the best newspaper the... names in america like we deal yeah, the news totally. plainly but like um but also they just had very sad news this past week that like breaks my heart um they, the they they've been bought. So a while ago, they were bought by Newhouse Advanced Publications, and they're just a bunch of union busters. And now all these like incredible reporters that I actually remember like looking up to the summer I interned there are like being forced to abandon their beats, um, and like cover just outlying counties, which is just horrible. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it, but <laughs> God bless Hello. the pain dealer. Pour one out. Um, so anyway, With the show. I also wanted to just note. I think that the acting is really good uh, overall, and except for Joshua Jackson, um, who I every do and not also Carrie Russell's or Carrie Russell, Carrie Washington's um, uh, faces sometimes are a little like over the top <laughs> okay, and so too. we also because I think Carrie Washington is a yeah. really good actor. Yeah. I think she is too. I think that's um, just also, bad direction or something. But Joshua Jackson, you're like, nah. Joshua Jackson, I'm just like, what? You didn't want to cast like a literal piece of cardboard? I don't know. Like, it's just like, I feel like. Don't you think can't... that works for it though? I mean, I guess in that he's like supposed to be kind of like just like a boring dud. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. I actually don't. I can't. 
I, I never watched Dawson's Creek, so I have no memory of him as Pacey, right? Um, yeah, and I really love But I remember him from, like, wasn't he in... I know what you did last summer. He was in one of those kind he of movies, in, like, right? some other teen stuff. Yeah. yeah. But, like, other than that, like, I don't have any memory of him there. as, like, a... I don't know. He just seems like... It's very funny. He just jumped to dad, basically. He's such a dad. Yeah. No, absolutely. He's, like, dad archetype. I also find it incredible... Again, you can kind of see in the in the um, episodes that are centered around flashbacks um, to young... Carrie Washington and young Reese Witherspoon uh, and young Joshua Jackson. Um, the actors that they have playing their young selves are very good. And I do you feel like they could have just had Carrie Washington have different hair? I mean, a younger self because like, she right. looks like she's twenty. Totally, like Carrie Washington. Like, did they like need to have also like did they need to have like different actors for like playing a time period that's. Like yeah, I'm not sure. But... Eight or nine years before. But, I mean, the... But it's not... It's I don't know if they did some work, some magic with, like, post-production on their actors' voices, but their voices are, like... I was wondering about that, Especially the characters yeah. playing Reese Witherspoon and Josh Jackson. They like, might have. They may have actually used... I mean, it doesn't seem like they're dubbing or anything, because you can usually somewhat hell it's just like they must have a technology I, I'm very impressed to like with tweak those it actors yeah. If, yeah if they haven't done anything because their voices sound exactly yeah. but anyway these these actors like are a tonal auto spot on yeah exactly <laughs> yeah they could have done some pitch work um but i do think the acting overall is really good so i don't know We'll see. There's a few episodes left. I'll be curious to see if your opinion on it evolves. Yeah, well. we'll check back in about it. Um, I'm going to yeah. keep watching. I, I'm, like, invested now in just knowing whether it was good or bad. I think that's, yeah. like, I'm not super into the, the story, but I'm, like, now right. very into knowing whether I can tell, say if it was good or bad. So I'm just yeah. going to finish I it. I feel like based on this, I probably would not watch another season, but I do want to see where this one yeah. uh, ends up. Um... So, what we're watching and not watching. Yeah. Um, we had the same not watching. Yeah, sure. I have seen so many, I think, because oh on Hulu, the, um, the FX ads. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. For this show, <laughs> um, what, what is it? Is it called Mrs. America? or? It's called Mrs. America. Right? Yeah, and it's starring Kate Blanchett as Phyllis um, Schlafly, and I have... It looks like it's, and it, like, looks like, I think, is Rose Byrne in it? Like, there's someone that's playing, like, a Gloria Steinem lookalike. Anyway, um, <laughs> I have, like, zero desire to see it because no, they're, I like, making her anything. look kind of cool and, like, a badass. And I'm like, I don't know. Like. No, I can't I, think of anything less essential right now. Oh, my than, gosh. Like, like, diving into the backstory on Phyllis Schlafly and, like, potentially. I, I. I read a few things of, like, people... I was reading... Like, I'm sure it's critical, but... I mean... The vibe I get from the trailer is very much just, like... Like, I'm a fun... Like, ooh, isn't it time we have a woman anti-hero, right? Right. Like, but it's... But she's a real person who... Yeah. Was a monster. Was a monster. Um, I just don't know. I'm like, I don't have the mental capacity to deal with, like, the backstory on Phyllis Schlafly and, like, making it entertaining. Like, yeah. 
No, this one's a heart. And it's, <laughs> I know if you're watching anything on Hulu, or maybe this is just like Hulu knows our. It is Rose Byrne. And Sarah Paulson. Oh, yeah. Sarah Paulson's in it? Uh, Margot Martindale, Tracy Ullman, James Marsden. Margot Martindale I saw a lot in the trailer. John Slattery, Tracy Ullman, James Marsden, Elizabeth Banks, Sarah Paulson, Rose Byrne. I think Rose Byrne must be playing Gloria Steinem. She looks too much like her. Melanie Linsky. I mean, it's got a great cast. It's just like, I don't want to watch a show about that woman where she's... And it's like the way she's portrayed is like almost kind of cool. Like... Yeah, I just I remember the first time I saw this trailer, I was like, "Oh, yeah, no. exactly." <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. Okay, and then on. yeah, there's okay. Uza Duba is uh, Shirley Chisholm, and yeah, Rose Rose Byrne plays Gloria Steinem. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm glad we're on the same page there. Um, yeah, I... Tracy I, Ullman uh, is Betty Friedan. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I oh, yeah, Like, I, I would watch this cast do this show if it, if she weren't the main character. I know, I wish it wasn't about her. Like, know? if it were like... Yeah, anyway. Um, uh, agree. Okay, so um, yeah, we're not watching that. What are we watching? So there are two things that I thought were interesting that I read about in the New York Times Watching Newsletter, which is a great resource for things that are on um, <laughs> right now. Um, one is called Tales from the Loop, which is going to be starting on Amazon. I've not heard of this. I had not heard anything about it. Um, it's set in, I I believe, fictional town called Mercer, Ohio. Um, and... I've never heard of it. It sounds like poetic sci-fi with robots. Um, and apparently it's like people live alongside robots. Um... And there's some nefarious shit going down, um, perhaps literally underground, um, by some, like, a, you know, perhaps shadow government or something like that. Um, but it, the description sounded really interesting. Apparently huh. a lot of the visuals are based on the paintings of this Swedish painter who painted robots yeah. on landscapes. Inspired by the wondrous paintings of Steinman... Simon Stalinhag, Tales from the Loop explores the mind-bending adventures of people who live above the loop, a machine built to unlock and explore the mysteries of the universe, making things previously relegated to science fiction possible. Yeah, so I think it sounds pretty interesting. So it's based on an art book called Tales from the Loop. Oh, interesting. I think it's like apparently the, yeah, the book is like paintings of robots on, on landscapes, which I think is interesting. So I found that very intriguing. I don't know if it's something that I would stick with, but I kind of want to check it out. I'm here for um, sci-fi shows. Yeah. I feel like Amazon probably does it. Is it, did Amazon make it? Yeah, it is Amazon video. Uh, yeah. Um, yep. They, did they do... That one. Um, they did the sci-fi uh, show that was the one that we watched. Really good. Um, the rotoscope one. Yeah, they did. That was good. I'm thinking of that yeah. one space show. I just feel like they have yeah. they they've done like some good sci-fi show. What's it called? Um, space, space, space. Uh, Amazon show <laughs> with the they, they go to like Jupiter. Okay, Googling Space Amazon does not turn you up. The show, <laughs> this, The Expanse, anything. that's what I'm thinking. The Expanse, of. okay, yeah. That, yeah. We were into that. Yeah. It, yeah, I watched the first season and it was good. And I just stopped, yeah. but 
Um, anyway, yeah, that sounds good. So that's I'm intrigued. Um, the other one, which we just watched the trailer for simultaneously, was uh, this show on HBO that's starting, I think it starts next week. Um, I think I remember seeing the 12th. Yeah, so like this okay, weekend so maybe? Yeah. Which I, yeah, this so weekend. I guess, yeah, like yeah, Sunday maybe? Mm-hmm. No. Um, it's called Run. Um, and it stars Merritt Weaver and uh, Dama Gleason. Oh, it Just, looks so fun. What a pairing. What um, a pairing. It's created by, what's, what who did you say? It's um, Vicky Jones. Uh, Vicky Jones, yeah. Um, and Phoebe Waller-Bridge is a executive producer, a producer on it. And really I think in the, she appears in the trailer. I'm pretty sure that's her. Yeah, we were like 90% sure we spotted her yeah. in the trailer. For the she show. like is um, asking them for help with the badger. It's, it looks yeah, really funny. Yeah, I mean, pretty cool. It sounds like it's like a bit of a before sunrise story. Maybe, that was where definitely the vibe meet. I got at first from yeah. the other trailer I saw. Yeah, not even this one. Yeah. The other one gives it like much stronger, but um, the other trailer, I mean. Yeah. Where it's like two attractive people meet on a train and then they kind of separate, but apparently like there's something have, else. Yeah. Yeah, and they've like kind of decided that if they text each other, if one texts the other run and the other texts back run, um, then they will go on some sort of adventure. We yeah, don't really know up. what. They meet on this train, but then there's other hijinks that clearly ensue. I just feel like the cast will Whatever the plot is, it's almost irrelevant to seeing, like, Donald Gleason just kind of be goofy and Merritt Weaver just kind of have more fun and not play such a serious role that she often has had. So, like, yes. I'm kind of in it just because the trailer I had seen before we watched this longer one together, the one you get when you when you Google run trailer, um, the is much shorter and even conveys less information. And I still was mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't understand what this is about. And I hadn't even seen Phoebe Waller-Bridge's name on it. I just saw, right. like, Donald Gleason and Merritt Weaver, and I was like, I'm in. Whatever this is, I'm in. Right. And, like, you know what? Donald Gleason is uh, just so incredibly attractive. Yes. So we were talking I'm earlier. creators and yeah. stars. We were talking earlier about um, uh, the Gleason family and... Um, because there's also Brian Gleason, who was in The Bisexual, which is a podcast show. And yep. um, I was telling Sarah, the Gleasons are two other Gleason brothers. Um, in addition to Donald and Brian, there's also Fergus and Rory. So super <laughs> Irish. Just an Irish. And I was saying also there's like an uncle who is a irish traditional and that's like half of ireland musician like those five people <laughs> yeah. it's like half of ireland like you just like you, you go to ireland like I, we should ask aaron like if she's run into any gleasons <laughs> totally she's, yeah, she's already right? seen the prime minister out on a walk maybe she's seen yeah. one of the gleasons <laughs> right why don't you probably there's like a 70 percent chance that you've seen at least one of the gleasons right um <laughs> you know Fergus Gleason, you know, and I was actually Fergus. looking up Fergus Gleason, and um, of course was linked to the uh, a Google result of another Fergus Gleason who's like an oncologist, um, and it's like only in Ireland are you going to have like multiple, multiple Fergus, Fergus Gleasons. Gleasons, and you're going to get the one that's like less of a famous like yeah yeah family. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so that those both sound really interesting. We'll check those out. 
and uh, and report back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just double checked. It is this. It is Sunday. So starting Sunday. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. So you know, we'll be here in our bunkers. Um, yeah. And with really nothing to do but to watch more television. So watch all the television. Hey, it's good for the podcast. It's yeah. good. For, this is, yeah, this is good for our business. It's all good the re- for our yeah. Our revenue is going to start to go way up. Right, money's just gonna come pouring in from those any day now. Yeah, yeah. all those ads you hear, man, they're about <laughs> yeah. to get even longer. People, <laughs> I can't. Please let us advertise your mattress. <laughs> I know. I can't wait until we're backed by Disney and mattresses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Amanda can. We'd sell out to, I would sell us out to Disney in a heartbeat. <laughs> um, I would. I would. <sighs> I would. I'm not going to pretend that I'm like that noble, but I'd. I would <laughs> have to have some conditions on how I talk about Disney. I'd when have to Disney just talk about the show, the not Disney. Business. It's over. Yeah, for you. it's yeah. over for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to be some like lunatic with crazy hair in my apartment, like screaming to the void, like nonsense, Amanda. Your hair no is one's going. to... It's been really bad. <laughs> It's been really bad yeah. in quarantine. So is mine. I haven't had it cut in, uh, oh, probably close to 10 weeks now. Well, and also, like, so I'm it's... kind of like, I don't know what to do because I can't get more Diva Curl. I don't know what to do to replace Diva Curl because there's that change in the formula that everyone was freaking out about. But I'm also like, but I'm in quarantine. What do I do instead? So... I'm going to offline tell you what my thoughts of that, about that are. Oh, please so, do. You can listen yeah. to um, Sarah's thoughts about Diva Curl. Um, on our, on our Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> let us know if you want us to do a Patreon. <laughs> Please uh, let us know. <laughs> if one of you says do a Patreon, we'll be like, um, sh- sure. That's one right, more than we thought be... listened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be our separate show about Diva Curl and Steve Mnuchin. Yeah. Oh, God. That'd be, like, really um, enjoyable. <laughs> all all right. right. Well, I guess that's it for us now that we're... Okay. Yeah, we gotta go because I gotta hear about hair recommendations. So, bye everyone! Bye!